This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Sign up using our link and receive a $500 risk-free bet. That's right, $500. And if you send in your first bet slip, you'll get a free T-shirt too. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win for a $500 risk-free bet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N. And we're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for the avid sports better, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Make sure to subscribe to pick sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. And we're also brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like the stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG, and it's legal in 40 states. Sign up at betteredge.com, promo code SGP for a free dollar ten or a free ten dollar bet. That's B E T T O R Edge.com, promo code SGP. And we're also brought to you by Ace Bread. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. All right, welcome back to Generates. You're here for a super early first look this Saturday afternoon. Amex is still going on. Uh, it's me, Boston Capper, with the God of Golf himself, Steve Shermer. What's up, Steve? You ready for a big day? This is a big day. I've already said goodbye to my uh, wife and kid. Uh, I told them that I was going to be consumed with golf and football. And I mean, I've been watching sports since uh, this morning. I got up early to watch the uh, the Euro Tour over in Abu Dhabi. And uh, uh, a big congratulations on uh, you cashing a little Hatton ticket. How you feeling? Yeah, yeah, man. My uh, my spirit animal. It was funny, man. I was like, man, I feel like I want to jump in on this. And I was like, I was like, I want Rory. Hate Fleetwood. I actually thought about throwing someone. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Peter Peter Stew. But I talked myself out of that because he's my other spirit animal. So I threw someone Hatton. Uh, I know Tommy asked me in the Slack channel who I like. So I know he got down on. It. I don't know if anybody else did. But hey, man, sweet. Whatever. Fifteen to one. Threw a little money on it. Now I got some uh, money to, uh, like you said, uh, bet on uh, bet on Brady today, baby. Yeah. So while you were sleeping after probably drinking way too many gin and tonics last night, I actually got up and watched the coverage, and uh, I can tell you firsthand, Hatton was awesome today. It was really windy over in Abu Dhabi, but I think he shot 67 or 66 today. Yeah. Just, just a ball striking clinic. Like one of the lasting shot, you know, like shots that I can, I remember this morning is uh, he had about two Oh five in he was on the left fair left side of the fairway. And he hit a beautiful cut fade uh, to about 15 feet and he hit the putt and it just, he was great. And I mean, I think, you know, like I mean, he's got, I think he's gonna be six in the world. Um, he's won four times his last 20 starts. And right. I, I said in the Slack channel, uh, you know, as soon as I saw that he was pulling away, I knew the books were going to adjust. And he was somebody, when I wrote that column back in December about, you know, long shots, you should consider, you know, he was one of them at the PGA, you know, maybe the open championship you should consider. So I immediately got down on him today at 45 to one, the PGA. I think he was going to be a great fit for him. 41 to win the open. And then the, as soon enough, you know, as soon as the tournament closed, I think the PGA odds still stuck, but the open odds are down, down to 30. Yeah. They're down to 33 on the open, but yeah, you're right. The 45 to one still there. So um, if they're still there tonight or tomorrow, whenever you boys are listening to this, uh, go jump on it. I mean, uh, I, I threw a nice chunk of my winnings on it. Cause fuck it. Why not? Um, yeah, man. Uh, I was, uh, it certainly makes up for all my uh, fucking terrible outrights for this tournament. Holy shit. Like those things were lit on fire by fucking Friday. 
I mean, I thought you were going to join us on the Seawoo channel. Oh, yeah. So I got I got Seawoo and I doubled down on Seawoo. But I, you know me, man. I put too much down on fucking outrights. So, and yeah. in reality, like, do we really think Seawoo is going to win? <laughs> I don't have a lot of confidence. I mean, he, listen, I'm a big believer in the putting regression, but, you know, him missing six footers yesterday, that's kind of just who he is. It's funny as this fucking Grio and fucking Knoxville are just hitting fucking lights out like they were just unconscious, like Will Ferrell in fucking old school after the debate, just draining everything. It was ridiculous. I was like, what is happening? Because I got I got Molinari versus Knox outright. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, come on, let's go, Molly. Let's go, baby. I know they're both doing well. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm on Siwoo at 70 to 1. I have Grio at 65 to 1. Those are my two outrights. Okay. Um, yes. My matchups were. Ice cold and continue yeah. to be ice cold on Friday. I don't know. I just, I mean, with this tournament, sometimes I just don't have much of a feel because, you know, it goes to different golf courses. It's a weird golf course. Like, it, it, it's like every single Pete Dye golf course, it's like the Players' Championship where it's just weird. There's not really like a consistent thing you can bank on year after year is because it's, it's just an odd golf course. So, you know, I'm not really surprised that, you know, the matchups didn't really go that great. But uh, listen, I mean, I got some positional props and sweating right now. Uh, Doug Gim came back with a vengeance. Uh, yeah, how about that? In on him. We, so he's, we, uh, I think he was like we girl, one. Yeah, we are we girly on him. Well, at least I was. I didn't get back on him this Well, week. I continue to faith him. Adam Shank, your boy. I went to him. He was 7 to 1 top 20. Uh, Woodland's been good. Uh, I even got a little bit yeah. on Molinari. Uh, in the Slack channel, somebody asked me about outrage. I'm like, nah, you know, probably not on Molinari, but I was on a top 20. I did get. Molinari a little bit today on top uh, on a, a 30 to one to win just because it's going to be really windy there. So we have ball striking clinics. So, you know what? I mean, you know, we'll see, but uh, only a couple shots back. yeah, he is. So, I mean, it's, I, I think winds are going to be like 15 to 30 miles per hour there. So it's, it's going to be a bloodbath, uh, you know, how many times is he not going to go in the fucking water today? Then <sighs> do you think he's going to win today? <laughs> no, I don't, you know, uh-uh. I, I just, I, and, and, and he, he very well could, you know what I mean? Like he's in a great position, but I mean, how many times has he been in a great position before on Sunday? I'm I mean, like, the last time was a three M open when he had Michael Thompson and Richie Rorinsky and a bunch of other no names. Yeah. And he didn't even close. No. And I like, I mean, seriously, yesterday he put the same exact shot in the water that he did the day before the right. same, I mean, it almost hitting the same exact spot. It's ridiculous. Like, I know. And then, and then, uh, M's meltdown yesterday. Like, Oh my God, oh, what happened with that? Oh my God. Like, that was, it, it, that was, it was exactly what happened to Rom at the players yeah. in 2018. The caddy's like, you shouldn't do this right now. And he pulls like, as soon as I saw him pull hybrid out of the bunker, I'm like, what are you yeah. doing? Nope. Like, and like the thing about him too, is he hits this, he hits like cuts face. He can't hit a draw. <laughs> so everything's going to go from left to right anyways. And he yep. just hit a massive slice into the water. And then he did the same exact thing there. Like, it's just that Crazy. that's surprising because he's won before. It's not like some young kid who's like never won. He has really hands right. up. This is third round. He's won a tournament before. Like I, I was really surprised. I wonder if he just got cocky. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think he, I think he just went on tilt. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I get it. I, I don't know. But <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I mean, I've gone on tilt, but I also don't have millions of dollars on the line when I'm fucking going on tilt. You know what right. I mean? Like, like I feel like, Hey, uh, there's a couple hundred grand in this. If I can keep my head, like maybe you should keep your head, bro. Right. So, I mean, I, I think the entire industry was on him and answer this week as far as outrights. Uh, yep. so we'll, we'll, we'll go over in a little bit. Uh, you know, we'll go over some of the report cards as far as who was popular, who ended up living up to the hype, who didn't, um, we're going to do a new segment. 
And uh, we're going to let you talk because on Thursday, you were blowing up the Slack channel, just <laughs> ripping everybody, just complaining about, you know, I'm never going to gamble on golf again and like this bullshit. So this is called Boston Cappers airing of the grievances. We're going to do this after every single tournament and preview. So, so who's dead to you? Let's, let's I mean, do a full list. And I'm going to let you I mean, just burn this up. Burns is fucking dead. Like, it really pisses me off. Like, I'm even I'm more upset at myself for just going at it again. I took him fucking outright. I took him top ten. I had him in DFS, and I literally was like, I don't know why. I don't know why we're on him when he's chalky, right? Why are we on him when he's chalky? He never fucking works. He's chalky, and he was possibly the worst goddamn player Thursday and Friday. He was fucking horrific. He he made a couple birdies on fucking Friday, but at that point he was already buried. Was he plus five on fucking Thursday? Fuck him. He's dead. Keegan's dead to me too, because I have a blind spot for him and I just can't do it anymore. I can't, I literally, I just physically cannot click the button on him anymore. Like he always disappoints me. Always, always. That means next week he's going to go off. I mean, whatever, just like a decky did <laughs> the same thing to me, but whatever he's dead to me. Scotty is not dead to me yet. But he's getting there. He's getting there. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what is going on with him. Like he, I don't know if it's still the COVID shit or if he's still rusty or what, but he's fucking close. So we used to have, me and my buddy used to have this thing. We put him on the fucking boat and set him in the ocean. So he's not on the fucking boat yet, but he's on the dock. He's he's on the, he's on the dock. He's waiting. He's waiting on, he's waiting on the dock. Um, I mean, those are the ones who really fucking killed me. Like, I can't get mad at some of the other ones that I played, like because they're long shots. But like, I had faith in in those guys again for whatever fucking reason. But Burns is dead. Keegan's dead. Scotty's fucking close. Um, do we know why Rom withdrew? Do we ever find out why? So apparently, he felt a little tweak in his back working out and decided to withdraw. So just out of precaution, he's probably going to be fine. But uh, yeah. that's the reason. So. Uh, Hoffman, Hoffman's almost dead to me even until he told me that his injury was legit. That was, I mean, if you look at the shot tracker, he parred the first two and then hit this bunker. He hit it in the fairway bunker and then hit advanced his second shot, 60 feet. And then immediately withdrew like something, something bad happened to him. I, I was driving. I was actually going to dunks to get a coffee and uh, I was just checking my phone and then in the drive through, I was like, what the fuck? What do you mean? WD? What the fuck? Like, uh, cause I had, well, I, think I, had I had him at top 20 at 40. I had him at top. I had him at top 20. Vaporized. Yeah. Just gone. Just no. gone. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah. Like, so, but you can't, you can't fault somebody for getting hurt. It's not like, it's not like a Louie where he just fucking probably drank too much and woke up and didn't want to play. Right. <laughs> or the guys are like plus eight through 10 and just, yeah, exactly. just, just playing like yeah. shit. And they're just, yeah. you know, they don't tell. So, all right. So, I mean, that leads us to another new segment where we do the DFS report card. So we're going to go over. So I, I took the, the ownership percentages from, uh, I think it was like the dollar GPP in draft games. Right. It's like 25,000 entries, whatever. So right, right. that's a, that's a pretty good representation about where the market was. So we're going to go over the tiers and who did well, who disappointed. So, all right, so the ten thousand dollar range. So we had two guys over twenty percent. It was Reed and Cantley, and no, Reed, Reed bombed the hell out. I mean, that yeah. was terrible. It was really bad, and I expected him to do better on Friday because it it, it was going to be the easier course. It looked like the easier course. It, it not ended up being that way, but damn man, like what? Like seriously, like he could have made a pot. Like he had so many opportunities to make birdies on those first like six holes, and he just kept missing those putts, and then he just went on full fucking tilt. 
Well, the thing coming in that I mentioned, it was that ever since they added to the stadium course, he hadn't done well at this tournament, but it was because of his other performances at La Quinta and Nicholas. So I saw the fact that he, they were going to do three rounds of stadium course. He actually been pretty good and he was pretty good on Thursday in the stadium and he was yep. awful. At awful. Nicholas. I don't know what's going on with that. That should not be a golf course. He should struggle that much with. It seems so, like a lot of guys struggled on Friday on that course though. Like, yeah, so they, I, I, it, they were saying it was really firm. Uh, like it, it, it wasn't playing how they thought it was going to play. Well, that was my expectation of the Nicholas too. Cause they rebuilt all the greens. So yeah. it was going to play firm, but it was really easy on Thursdays. I, I don't know. know. That was, that was weird. But, uh, you know, Cantley was a disappointment until yesterday. He was great. Yeah. Um, now had 17.6%, uh, in this GBP and he's yeah. second in scores. Yeah. He's been great. Uh, Kepka was at 9%. He was on cruise control the entire time. So anyway, yeah, that's about what we thought. He looked like, I mean, that, that, that fucking scorecard on, uh, what was it? Uh, was it Friday when it was like, it was like birdie, 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 bogey, birdie, 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 bogey, bogey, bogey. It was fucking crazy, man. Looking at that shit, man. Yeah. I was on, uh, under 11 and a half pars on a certain, yeah, me too. Uh, I was pretty excited yeah, about prop, that. Prop, uh, DFS, uh, yeah. website that we do. So, yeah. uh, so that was that, that cash immediately. So, yeah. all right. So, I mean, that any takeaways from this range, I, I think, no, I, not I, really. I mean, other than, really, other than yeah. like wondering like what's up with fucking Reed and like, he's got a good spot to bounce back, um, next week at Tory. Um, I mean, I don't know, like, yeah, I mean, whatever. Can't lay, can't lay. Like, I just feel like he's steady Eddie, like cruise control. Like he, he didn't look great. Like you said, Thursday, Friday looked really good yesterday. So, I mean, I feel like that's just more him. That's a guy who I thought about dropping a little outright on. Cause I think about when he, when he stole my money, um, when I had Rob and he came back from like four shots back. Uh, so I, I thought about dropping a little bit on him, but I ended up just betting against him because whatever, I don't remember yeah. what I against him. Some matchup. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, I think we said Fina was the pivot and that proved us right. I think we both like can't lay. We just want about the price. And that, I mean, he didn't show up till yesterday. Reed, we did. I mean, we did mention the fact that it was Top weird. That he didn't. Yeah. Well, it was weird that we, he, we mentioned that it was weird. He didn't do well with Nicholas. And we thought that going to stadium would help him. And I mean, the analysis was right. It just it was so bad at Nicholas. It didn't work. And then we yeah, both yeah. run off Kepka saying, you know, fine. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So the 9,000 hour range. So there were five players above 18%. So Scheffler answer M Henley and Wolf. And when we broke it down, we both were on the wrong guys. Yeah, absolutely. We both love Scheffler and Henley. Yep. They were terrible. Uh, Scheffler is 101st in DraftKings scoring. Henley is 118th. They just could not get anything going. Um, I think like you said, when you said Scheffler is almost dead to you, whatever it is, ever since he came back from COVID, he's not been very good. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is. I mean, it's, and it's been, he hasn't putted well. His irons have not been very good. So that's yeah, a trend. He's a, he's a, he's a guy who, until he shows me again, like I won't be playing him unless there's some ridiculous price drop where the value is just there. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I think, I think at this point, I think you're right. I, I, I think he has to earn back our trust right here. So, um, I mean, answering in were very popular this week. Uh, they both have been proving it. Um, yep. I mean, they've been okay. I mean, answers 23rd in scoring M is 17, just because he, you know, yeah. has a couple big numbers on the scorecard. Uh, Henley for me is a big disappointment. I don't know what happened to his ball strike, but he was terrible. Yep. And I, it just sometimes I, it just went away this week. So I don't really know what to make of it. He's not in the field next week. So we'll see him again. Um, I end up being, I, I think I was just dead on my hate wolf. It dead went exactly on. how I thought he was. Yep. He's been terrible at the stadium course and he ripped up Nicholas. And that's the reason why he's 40 cents in the scoring. But other than that, he's only one under at uh, the stadium course. So yeah, he was, he was uh, we'll, we'll get to him later. Um, 
You know who's third? Who's the third highest scorer in the nine thousand dollar range? No, it's Ricky. Oh, I know, I know. I mean, he, for DraftKings, I mean, he's been okay for tournament wise, but uh, yeah. ever since the first round, he's been pretty good at the stadium course. So, well, he yeah. So he, I, I feel like his no, his first round was garbage. He was like plus. Yeah, one. I know. Ever since the first round, he's oh been okay, okay, I got you, I got you. And then yesterday he was, he was meh. He was meh yesterday. Like, but I, he at least looks back, right? He looks, he at least looks like old Ricky, right? Like he, he might be in the mix at some of these majors coming up, I think. Maybe. All right. All right. So, I mean, so let's see how he's doing so far. So, I mean, he's still not hitting his irons very good for the tournament. He's been good off the tee. He's been scra- Most of his strokes come from scrambling, which isn't great. So, yeah. but I mean, it's nice to see positive strokes gain TD green per round. I mean, that's, yeah. that's something we hadn't seen for about a year or so. Um, and then Kevin, nah, that, your little angle of taking the winner uh, yeah. didn't work. I mean, th- there is actually something to don't take the winner just because a you're buying him at the highest and B usually if you win, it means you putt very, very, very well. And you're probably right. going to, so yes, you know, uh, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, there it is. So, <laughs> exactly all right. $8,000 range. Uh, chalkity chalk, chalk, yeah, chalk. Bomb, Sam, so there's four guys over 10%. You had Sam Burns at almost 20%. He was awful. Although, I mean, he did, he played pretty well on Friday, but he wasn't the too biggest little, bust. Too late. late. Well, too little, too late. Fuck Sam I Burns. Dead. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the biggest bust uh, when we get down to the 7,000 hour range, yeah. but uh, Harmon was 15%. He's fourth in scoring. Yeah. Uh, Pan Kazire had 13%. He's been... I mean, the cut, but he's, he hasn't been that great. He's 50th overall in scoring. Yep. Siwoo was at 10%. Yep. He's third. So yeah, I mean, of the four really chalky guys, two of them hit two. Yep. One has been okay. One bust right. uh, camp champ was 10, per, almost 10%. And he was one of the worst golfers in this tournament. He oh. only got 16 points total. Oh, I, I actually forgot. Yeah. He's another one that gets fired into the fucking sun. He's also dead to me like that. Ca- no, seriously. When I said that in Slack, like that caddy, like he should not be, a, be allowed to be around golfers. He shouldn't be. He is like, what is he doing? Like none of these guys can putt. It's Keegan and him. Champ was missing fucking like 10 inch putts. It was fucking insane. Like I, is it just, is it, is it really the caddy or is it the guy though? I mean, both those guys just can't putt period. I mean, maybe pick a caddy who can help you fucking putt then, not whatever this guy does. Like, listen, I don't know this guy. If I tripped over the caddy, I wouldn't fucking know him, but there's a, there's a thread here, right? His guys can't fucking putt. All right. Well, he did use the caddy for VJ Singh, So he has been on the bag for a successful golfer before. So, I mean, honestly, in this range, there were only really three guys that did well. It was Harmon, Siwoo, Paul Casey at 7% ownership. He's in the top 20 in scoring. Other than that, you know, a couple guys in the fifties, uh, I was high on Lanto. He didn't do very well. Uh, Ryan Moore, another guy, he didn't have very high ownership, but he was pretty bad. Yeah. Phil was awful. Uh, he had low ownership. So people took that advice, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think once we get past the $9,000 range, that's when you see the guys who are really popular for the week ages. You have to go the other way. Sam Burns was the poster child for that this week. And then uh, there's another guy that we'll get to shortly that yeah. uh, I'll say hey, any other takeaways from this range that you want to touch on? Um, I mean, no, not really. I mean, here's the deal, right? In that range, like it's, it, it's, that's where we always talk about like, depending on your builds, like that's a range I typically skip over anyway. Like just based on my builds, like I might take a low AK guy for the most part, most of the time, like they're like in the middle where I don't really like their price. Like I can't wrap my head around unless it's like a jump value. Like most of the time I'm I'm usually out of this range. So I usually don't get hit too hard in this range. I usually get my uh, teeth kicked in in the $7,000 range, but uh, this week I got it in the $8,000 range. 
Thank you so much, Burns. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think something I, I want to bring up too, is that I think when you get under $9,000, I think us as a golf DFS community starts overrating price. Mm-hmm. So we start hemming high, but like, is the guy too expensive? Is the guy too low? So I think pretty much everybody under $9,000 is pretty much the same. Like, yeah. I mean, if like, like, is there really a big difference between, you know, let's say Emiliano Grio and Sam Burns or no. Brian Harmon, like, or, you know, let's say, you know, let's, I mean, Adam long, wasn't that great this week, but you know, he was serviceable. Yeah. He was 8,600 yeah. bucks. If you just like him pay up for it, it's all about, I think once you get under 9,000 bucks, if you just like the guy, you like the guy, there's plenty of guys in this range that you, that you can make something work with your lineup. So I, I, I think it, it's not like football where where you pay up to pay, to get a guy, it's mostly for opportunity, like targets, right? Carries or goal line right, situations right. here. Everyone plays. If you make the cut 72 holes, it's not like if someone is more expensive, they're playing teen off from the ladies tees. And then a guy <laughs> who's cheaper is from the back tees. Right. They're all playing for the same tees. Yeah. Golf is a variable sport to begin with. So I think once you get under $9,000, it's more about just who you like, you know, where do you want to make a stance? And if someone's maybe a little more pricey, go for that. You know, if they're, you know, obviously you want to look for value, but you know, maybe don't be as sensitive to price as sometimes we are. Yeah. It's almost like, like when I talk about like the number and how everybody's like, Oh, I got the right number. Well, it only fucking matters if it hits, right? Like it only matters if it hits, you got a good number. I got a bad number. I don't give a shit. I just put money down on Seawood. It's fucking five to one. I don't give a shit because if he wins, it's still money, right? It's not a great number, but it's still money. right? Right. So like whatever, double down a little bit. Like, yeah, I think you're probably right about the price sensitivity shit. If anything, I would say be maybe start paying more attention to the fucking ownership and the yippity yaps that go on throughout the the bubble that we live in and just oh, try yeah. to and try to fade these guys who get pumped up, especially anywhere in the, you know, the seven and $6,000 range. Like it's crazy. Yeah. And that leads us to our next conversation. So the chalk in the $7,000 range this week mostly got slaughtered. So yep. there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys, about 10% and 7,000 on raise. They were in order from lowest eyes, Cameron Tringali, who has been just blah, John, huh? Pretty good. That was a guy we yeah, liked. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's 24th in scoring Pierre Malnati. Not very good. Didn't make the cut. Milan Grio guy. We, you know, we both liked, he was good. Charles Howell, the third big bust, big Zach bust. Johnson, big bust. Doc Redman, big bust. Cam Davis actually was pretty good. He got 60% yeah. ownership and the biggest bust of the tournament. And we called it. Well, we didn't call it. I said, I liked him, but he was very chalky. And I said, to be careful, Sepp Straka, yeah. 21% ownership, 22 DraftKings points, 138 yeah. total. He yeah. was the biggest bust, And that is probably the biggest takeaway. The guy who is talked about the most in this range, do not take him. Yeah. I think that, I think that is, that is the big takeaway. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like I need like a, like a little shot caller on me. Like when, when I start to talk myself into those plays, because you know what I mean? Like, it, like I said, I almost gets to a group thing uh, at some point. And like, I need a little shot caller that somebody needs to buzz me when I start talking about them. Yep. <laughs> so let's talk about a couple of guys. I mean, there are a lot of really good players under 5% in this range. So yeah. Gary Woodland only at 3.7%. He's 24th yep. scoring yeah, I like Matt Jones point. under 3%. He's 20th. Michael Thompson, 2.5%. I kind of liked him. I just, I, I didn't, find I could never play it. I, 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 feel no, like I don't either, but he was, he's been pretty good. Uh, Alex Noren was pretty good. I'm surprised he had a better ownership because he's been good at the stadium course, but he's been so bad overall, but yeah. he's, you know, he had 2% ownership, max Homa 1.8 ownership. He is currently leading the tournament. 
Francesco Molinari, 1.8%. Yep. He is 10th. Yep. Russell Knox, 1.6%. He is fifth. Rory Sabatini, mm. who I think everyone got burned last week on him because he had a much higher ownership here. He only had 1.3%. He's 10th. Uh, yeah. Ben on big return, uh, 1.3%. And he actually has been playing pretty well at this tournament. So yeah, yeah I, th- I think the moral of the story with the 7,000 hour range is it's way more important to fade the chalk. And unless you feel really good about something like we did with Grio, I mean, right. I just had, I just had a good feeling with him, but no. like, I except, didn't get, like, I didn't get nearly enough of him. Not, like, not even Leo, like he's accomplished. He's done things before. I just so, don't trust his, like, I know you say scares trust shit him. out of me. Yeah, he's such a good ball straight. Like except Straka, like, what are we doing with that? Like, that was a, that was a mistake. But in me. hindsight, that was a mistake. And no. the, I mean, I, I it, it, I think it's, it's, it's much more about going with the lower price options here. Um, so, yeah, I agree. all right. And then the 6,000 under $7,000. I mean, this was a weird GPV. Somehow honor bond Lahiri had 7% ownership in here. Really? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's weird. In the, that's weird in the $1 too. Like I, yeah. you can, you see that when you get up into the high stakes, you people galaxy brain and shit, like Damn, but that is seven percent in the one dollar. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, maybe there were some folks in India that were in this pool, but uh, <laughs> I mean, he was awful. So he burned. And actually, the uh, the top one, two, three, four, the top five guys and under seven thousand dollars, they were Lahiri, Denny McCarthy, Steve Stricker got three percent, Christopher Ventura, and Mark Hubbard. They all finished seventieth or worst. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the guys target were all again under one percent. You had you know Richie Rinsky six, Andrew Putnam's twenty fourth. You yeah. have. Um, Chase Seifert's ninth. Like, I mean, these are all just like bargain bin options. So again, I mean, I think overall though, I mean, no one was over 10%. I mean, only one guy was over 5%. I think a lot of people did what we talked about where they just avoided, avoided this range, range a lot, a lot of balance posts. I mean, there were a lot of good options in the 7,000 hour range this week. I mean, I'm counting, you know, Davis, Grio. You had Taylor Gooch actually made a nice comeback for me mm-hmm. over the weekend. He's twelfth in scoring. Max Homa, Knox. There was a lot of good options. I'm never have. on Homa, like ever. And I think well, it's just my, I think it's my bias. You know, I mean, because you know how I get all pissy with like the the DFS like heads and like their darlings and shit. And, like I always feel like he was their darling, and I immediately just fuck. <laughs> That's just my. Well, I mean, there was some narrative street with him. So apparently he. Uh, I mean, I'm not in social media, but I heard, I think he's on, a California boy, right? Well, he's a California boy. I think I'm one of the, I think I'm no laying up. Maybe uh, they said like, yeah, I've been really grinding, you know, and like working on my game because home was a good buddy of the no laying up guys. So, um, but he is in the California swing and he does tend, there is actually a big difference between him performing on Poe and like other surfaces. So that might be something to look out for if at uh, Tory or Pebble in a couple of weeks, you know, maybe oh. keep my radar. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, most of the, if you went contrarian in a seven thousand dollar range this week, I think you were the big winner. Oh yeah. Um, and then it looks like balance build. Well, balance build was definitely the way was, to go. was better, unless you, you know, were one of the point five percent who took like you know Chase Seifert or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And if you were, congratulations. Yes, the, uh, congratulations. Good, good luck doing that again. Drafting scoring, and uh, I probably will. N- Never recommend them on this podcast. Nope. Never. <laughs> um, all right, man. So I thought that was good, man. I like that breakdown. Yeah. I'm excited to do that every week. So um, I pull the, uh, if I knew we were doing that, I pulled the, um, whatever it is, the resurgence or whatever their biggest tournament is, you know, the, basically their Millie maker. Yeah. Um, and I, I pull those on uh, Thursday morning um, to look at them. So I'll have to, uh, I'll start doing that too. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
but yeah, man. So, uh, all right, well, listen, before we start breaking down the farmers, uh, oh man, that's bad with my accent. Huh? Farmers, farmers, uh, the farmers insurance open. Uh, we got to let you know we are brought to you by WinBet. There's a $500 risk free bet over there. And if you send in your first win bet screenshot to podcast at sports you get a free t-shirt, tons of boosted bets, including a wheel to spin to boost palais. Perfect for DJs only WinBet is currently online in New Jersey, Colorado, and it says Michigan's coming soon, but I'm pretty sure Michigan opened up the other day. Um, and uh, more states are on the way. So uh, if WinBet isn't active in your state, you can still get a free shirt by referring a friend sports gambling podcast.com slash win that's sports gambling podcast.com slash W Y N N wins. Got a wins. Got a casino up in Boston though. Oh, they do. They do. Hmm. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. It yeah. Is, especially, especially because the, once again, those idiots won't get sports book uh, or, or sports betting on, but they'll put a casino in like, mm-hmm. but I get, I hear guys who go up there and it's like, man, it's, it's nice, but it's, it's uh, like the tables are all kind of weird. Like there's, I feel like everything's like a $25 blackjack limit. Like, I mean, you're not getting kids from fucking Brockton and Lynn and Dorchester to go in there playing $25 a fucking hand for black. No, they want their $10 tables. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so they go to the Chinese buffet afterwards. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly. It's like you've been to Boston. <laughs> I mean, every, isn't every casino that way you get the young kids in there. They just want the ten fifteen dollar table just so they can you know get yeah. a free or cheap meal you know afterwards yeah. or something yeah exactly exactly well they twist it exactly <laughs> the uh there's plenty of colleges up there so um all right man so uh I guess uh you know going into it you know, we don't have obviously today's final numbers from who's in the field today from going into next but uh, we have a good pretty good idea it's a pretty pretty decent field uh next week uh you know barring any more withdrawals or anything like that but uh so I guess who isn't in the field this week that uh that you're surprised by or well I mean I mean there's one that's not surprised because he already announced it. it's Tiger Woods yeah, I mean, Tiger. That's, that's the big one and I mean we didn't really touch about on it last week when the news broke but um that that's concerning that it's his fifth back surgery and I, I was like a couple pot- back surgery numbers I mean, you, well, first of all, you never, you, you want to keep the number of back surgeries you have in your career at zero. <laughs> you <Yeah. know>? So <laughs> this is number five for tiger. And it's kind of the same company line they did back in 2014. It's like, yeah, you know, he'll be fine. Be back a month. And then we didn't see him again for six months. Yeah. And then he had, a, you know, another procedure. Then he had the chipping yips. I mean, I don't know. I don't think the chipping yips are going to come back, but uh, right. uh, I was listening to the CBS uh, podcast and they were talking about tiger. And uh, apparently just like after his spinal fusion, this surgery was inevitable. Like really? it's only like a quick, I mean, it's not, it, what he, what happened to tiger, the spinal fusion is not a permanent fix. Like eventually it's going to break down and he's going to need procedures like this again and again and again, until he decides he just doesn't want to play anymore. Is it, is it not like the one that like uh old forehead got paid Manning? Is it not the same thing? I mean, he ended up breaking down. So yeah, true. I mean, it's just, and he just quit, but if Peyton wanted to continue playing football, he probably would need to get it done again. Hmm. So I mean, this is not good. I mean, I think there, I saw some articles about, you know, what events is he going to play? Is he going to play Honda? Is he going to play Valsor? I mean, I think we might just see him at the majors and Memorial and that yeah. might be it. Yeah. I'm, I mean, we don't listen, we don't play him on this fucking podcast anyway. So it really doesn't no, matter. Don't. I mean, uh, I might take him in for like top 10, top 20, if I feel good, but like, masters, I, maybe. fucking no, yeah, but there's, yeah. I, this is not good news for the rest of the year. Yeah. And we already are a fade tiger podcast and this is probably, yeah. it's probably going to stay that way. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see, I don't see that changing No. So, so he's not here. I'm surprised Bryson isn't here. 
that 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 is surprising considering the U.S. Open is going to be here in June. Yeah, and, it's and a the guy, course. I'm sorry, what'd you say? And it's a bomber's course. It, yeah, it is a golf course that fits him. And I mean, the guy is so like with how he prepares and like breaks golf down to the like you know the like exact number. Right. I'm surprised he's not here just charted out and like you know seeing where he can hit it. And I mean, he could easily win this event just because what we'll talk about it suits his game perfectly. Yeah. So signs I hear. I mean, Rom is in the field right now. Uh, man, but you, when you told me that back tweak while working out, fuck man, it's not great. Yeah, that scares me, man. And you know me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm waving my pom poms around all the time. And that's, yeah, that's definitely scary. You're back too. Although, like, I mean, we've all lifted weights and like, sometimes we take a bench press and then like, you just feel a little twinge of your back and you just stop. It might just be that, you know? Yeah. I just hate yeah. the unknown. I'll, we'll have to try to dig on that uh, between right. today and Tuesday and see what we can find out. Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, pretty, pretty strong field overall though. Yeah. I mean, it's always a really good field. It's, it's, I think this is the, like after you know, the calendar turns of the new year. This is the one where, all right, guys are coming back. Um, you know, I mean, the farmers is a big, you know, advertiser for the PGA two or whatever. They, they got the Ricky ads and everything. So I think there's, you know, it's a slightly bigger purse, but I think there's a lot of like sponsorship deals that are going down this week. And it's, you know, it's a big, you know, it's a big market, San Diego. So, uh, but Rory is making the trip over from the middle East fresh off a, another awful Sunday uh, yeah, that I got to watch in person. That's the new normal, right? Like, I mean, seriously, like, I mean, we talked about it last year. Um, and that's how I approached it the year before when with betting in DFS, like, like he just doesn't show up on Sundays. I really thought he was going to take the tournament by the balls today and, and just win because he didn't win last year. And I thought that was just going to be you know, motivate for him. And it, what you're right. It was the exact same Rory we saw it just, yep. you know, he, he was kind of, when he starts blocking his drives over to the right, that's when, you know, he doesn't have it. He's leaving putts short and the wedge game was awful today. There was one, I think uh, it was a really sloppy bogey. I think on 16 that he had 110 to the green and he just double crossed a wedge 25 feet left of the green short Damn. side himself. And then he couldn't get up and down for par. It just, I mean, that's the Rory we've seen on Sunday is just when nothing just seems to be firing. And, and it's so crazy. Like I said, like, like we talked about it, like obviously we're not inside of his head. Right. But I mean, I swear it's gotta be the fact that he's just got more money than fucking God. And he just, maybe you lose that killer instinct, man. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, when was the last time we saw him come out and, and, and grab and crush a tournament on Sunday and, and be the old Rory. I mean, his last win was over in China. Uh, but Xander almost ran him down. The one, the, his one before that though, that was the RBC Canadian open where he shot like 61 on Sunday. Oh, that yeah, was vintage, yeah. Rory, right? Where he just napalmed the field and blew it up. So, right. um, I mean, he was good at on Sunday masters, but he already put himself out of it on day one. So yeah. it's almost like Rory needs to be chasing. I think at this point, Instead like when he's like, there has a lead. Yeah. That's also two straight times that Terrell hadn't has stared down Rory and then put right. him in a lock. Cause that happened at Bay Hill. Yeah. And that's my, that's my spirit. That's my spirit animal. I know. I love, and then I love Hens, hats, the Hens kind of a killer. I'm kind of Dude. worried about him with a Ryder cup. I mean, he's, he's good, man. Yeah. He's really good, man. And he's like, I don't know. He's like, well, like you said, he's the one who wore the hoodie and caused all that outrage with the fucking old white guys in golf. Like fucking old man yelled at sky. Like all that shit just, just always moves him up in my book. And it's weird for me to root for a Englishman over an Irishman, but uh, he's Northern Irish. So he doesn't really count. So uh, I will, uh, I'll, I'll be all right with that. Uh, Can I actually say something about Rory that might sway your opinion on him? Mm, he actually identifies with uh, the good Ireland. Does he? 
Yeah, he said if 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 I mean all these guys. Well, first of all, the Olympics is going to get canceled this year, and uh, if uh, he ever did play in the Olympics, they actually asked him. He said he would play for Ireland. He wouldn't play for the UK. All right, fine. So, God, there you go. Yeah, I, know, I think I, actually, I, I think both him and McDowell identify with. Oh, I know McDowell uh, does. McDowell, I, I know. I know for a fact McDowell yes. does. The um, but, but I, I, like I hate, I just hate hearing the stupid Northern Ireland from Northern Ireland. I'm like it's fucking one Ireland, you goddamn limeys. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> all right, you Ireland, motherfucker. <laughs> so, all right, so all right. Last... So, I mean, I, like Jason Day's in the field. He, he is. I think he is the horse. I mean, besides Rom, he is the horse for the course at this event. I think he's won Tory Pines twice. He always seems to play well there, even if he plays like garbage. I mean, he just crushes Poa golf courses. This is Jason Day season. Um, you know, Finau is going to come after the Amex. We'll see if he wins. Uh, Kepka's here. We'll see if that, if this, how the scouting report of uh, the U S open does. Um, I know that's going to be weird this week, just because, you know, it was a practice round last week. You would think he does better this week, but this is still kind of a practice round. I don't know. Like it's going to be, it's going to be weird to handicap him. Um, you know, Matsuyama's here. He plays for this course pretty well. Reed plays this course pretty well. Uh, Jordan Spieth is here and he has a 0.0% chance of winning uh, this event. Um, and then Xander's here and we'll talk about him at the end. There's a weird little thing about him at this event that uh, it's, it's hard to explain, but uh, we'll talk about him when we talk about leans. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So, uh, all right. So I guess uh, go through what happened last year. Um, if anything is relevant other than my boy Leishman being back anyone last year. So uh, that's awesome. Well, I think last year was the weirdest Sunday final round we've had. I mean, do you know what happened? You remember what happened, right? Yeah. yeah but still, it's still Leishman. And I no, I, well, I'm not talking about Leishman, dude. Uh, what are you talking about then? Kobe Bryant died. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I forgot all the rounds. We, that's that, right. that was bizarre, dude. I was with my, we, me and my wife were actually at, uh, a bar. Like we got a day babysitter and we went like day drinking so I could watch golf and whatever. And like, I remember like it coming across the bottom of, Oh, I was on Twitter and I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like that. And you know me, I'm a Celtics guy. Right. But I love fucking like, I love, I love to hate Kobe. Right. Like ultimate competitor type shit. Like, yeah. yeah like I even got like some of his gear, like not his gear, but it was for his foundation, like girl, dad shirts and like, and sweatshirts and stuff like that, because he's so good for young females athletics. And I got four daughters. So, um, yeah, man, it was crazy. I forgot about, I forgot that was the same fucking day. I know. And then they, I mean, CBS with like the torture porn following oh. tiger after his round. And then they like got him on camera, like find out and getting the reaction. Media is so bad. Bro. That was awful. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? Like that's, uh, that's terrible. man. I really, I, now I'm angry. I forgot about, I forgot it was the same fucking day. Yeah. And then, like I think they kept bringing Tadio on. It's like you know, Tiger doesn't know, but his caddy knows. Like God, stop yeah, guys, like, fucking Christ have mercy, man. Like uh, yeah, that was bad. Man. But uh, I mean, this was actually one of my most profitable tournaments last year. I had Leishman outright. I had a bunch of top tens and matchups cash. Like I was, I, I was. You were rolling in the dough. Yeah, and then you, actually it carried in the next week with um uh, with Paul with Arnold Palmer, and then like and then. COVID hit and then uh, a lot of momentum uh, and the bending, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's what happened last year. Leishman won. Uh, remember he like, he was hitting it all over the oh, map and yeah. just was, a and he just position. scrambled his balls off. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the luckiest wins he could have. Hey, he was out of position and he's not a long hitter either. He was hitting like five irons out of that rough and I know, it's crazy. still sticking out of the pin and then had draining putts and uh, Rom almost got him at the end though. I, I was, I was nervous about that. I think he had uh he actually had I think a putt to tie Le- Leishman. Was it that was the exact putt he hit to win at Tory, like with that Eagle. Oh, and he yeah, almost did yeah. it. 
Yeah. Miss fight like Edge. Yeah, I think I think I, I if I remember correctly I had Rom outright and I was pretty fucking pissed if I remember correctly I certainly didn't have Leishman. Um, I'm pretty sure I had Rom. Uh, any big tournament uh, typically have some Rom. So. Well, I mean at Tory I think everyone's gonna have Rom again. I mean he's I he's been great. When they're in 2017, he finished second last year. He's just been good. So uh, so that's what happened last year. I mean we'll probably see a bunch of Kobe tribute stuff. Uh, I mean it's because oh, yeah. been a year. But oh, yeah, that that was. I mean I. It, it's I'll never forget now. I mean, when Kobe died, just because it happened right in the middle of this tournament, I think forevermore, I'm just gonna remember this as, you know, the Kobe Memorial tournament. Damn so. man. Like that. That's crazy that I forgot. It was the same day. I remember exactly where I was at. It's, I know what bar I was at. That bar is gone now. Right. Kobe killed that one. Um, but me, but me and uh, me and the wife and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And she was like, you serious? Yeah. And like, it was, that's all like, that's all anybody was talking about. It was fucking crazy. Right. Um, all right. So before we do, uh, let you, uh, break down the, uh, the course here, uh, I gotta let you know we're up better than Vegas. It's like YouTube, but for what DJs only care about sports betting, the best part is you'll be able to get free video picks from the SGPN crew. You got to make sure to subscribe to our page. That's sports gambling podcast.com slash BTV. So you don't miss out on any of our videos. If you're subscribed, you get a notification every time a new video is posted. Uh, last week, uh, gave some outrights. Uh, none of them are live. Uh, the Patrick Reed top 10, not live, but both matchups already cashed. So that's good. Right. So we, so we talked about some of the matchups. I only gave two matchups. And uh, like I said before, uh, yeah, man, just go subscribe to the channel. It's better than dot Vegas page today. That's sports gambling podcast.com slash B T V. All right. You, uh, you get the course breakdown started here, sir. And I'm going to go uh, grab a beer. All right. Well, just be sure when uh, you're back, when I start ranting and raving about how terrible this golf course is, but I'll first, you know, go over it, the, it, it only takes me about five seconds to get a beer, but okay. All right. <laughs> So we're going to Torrey Pines, which is one of the most famous public golf courses in the United States. It was built back in the fifties uh, by a guy named William Bell. Honestly, some of his other noble works, he's done a lot of munis around the Southwest. Uh, I think the other most famous one that pre- might be recognizable to you is a place called Sandpiper up in Santa Barbara that was featured on the no laying up tourist sauce series. We go to YouTube. It's a great series, you know, that uh, breaks down a lot of good golf courses in California. If you want to go see that golf course, go, you know, go watch that. But um, so there's 36 holes, uh, on the property. You got a North course and a South course. So, you know, back in the early two thousands, the U S open got, um, you know, they got the fever for public golf. They wanted to hashtag grow the game. So they awarded the U S open to, uh, Beth H black, you know, over in Farmingdale and then Torrey Pine South course, uh, in San Diego. And they got a guy named Reese Jones, who's part of the, you know, the Robert Trent Jones family to come in and basically redesign the golf course to make it championship worthy. So, you know, among the couple of things that Reese Jones did, he repositioned greens close to the canyons. Uh, he lengthened the golf course by over 500 yards. It's now about 7,800 yards from the tips. It's the longest, um, scorecard yardage that the PGA tour will play this year. Um, he pushed out and added some fairway bunkers. He narrowed the rough, you know, narrowed fairways in order to make it, you know, basically more penal and harder overall. And I mean, you know, this is considered a bucket list. At least the South course is considered a bucket list golf course for a lot of fans, just because I think the most, you know, I mean, the only tournament it's held or only majors held uh, was the 2008 U S open won by tiger, mm-hmm. which was a dramatic win. It was great. Uh, you know, he nailed the 20 foot breaking bending putt and then beat poor, uh, you know, Rocco mediate and his bad back on Monday in the playoff. And, you know, I mean, I, I have a lot of friends who are tiger fans and I always ask them sometimes like, you know, if you could play any golf course, in the United States where it'd be. And they always say Tory pines. And I was pushed back. I'm like, why? why? Like, well, yeah, because why? of tiger. 
Yeah. Fuck that. And the other day, like, I mean, this thing costs $250 to play if you're not a local. And yeah. it tossed an arm and a leg out to San Diego. And listen, some people like this form of golf. They want the narrow fairways. They want the deep penal rough. And, you know, that's a cup of tea. But, I mean, personally, I don't want to play this golf course for five and a half hours, get my ass kicked, lose a dozen golf balls. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's not even like you're losing golf balls, like in the trees, like water has you losing it just in the rough. It's like yeah. four to five inch rough there. Yeah. When we go out and play courses like this, we don't have spectators and fucking spotters to help us find our goddamn ball. No. <laughs> so, I mean, this, this, is a ter- this is not a good golf course. And I mean, listen, if Reese Jones is like his vision was to create 14 identical holes that look the exact same. Then he did a wonderful job because every single par four and par five look pretty much the same. It's just narrow, straight, bunkers guarding, you know, off the tee, bunkers guarding in front of the pin, circular greens, not a whole lot of complexity to it. It just like I, I like, and there's this fetish with the USGA in order to keep putting US opens there. And I don't get it. There's a lot of good golf courses in the United States, and they keep picking this one. And I, I just say it's not a very good golf course. There's a lot of things that are flawed with it that, I mean, I wish they would probably get like a Gil Hans or someone else to come in and actually redo it. But I mean, I, I think the USGA is just, you know, they're so obsessed with, you know, these types of narrow penal rough golf courses that, I mean, it's right up their alley now. So I guess if this is what they want, this is the project they're going to get, but like, I mean, the field is great. The tournament is great. The South course though, is just, I think it's, I think it's the most overrated golf course in the United States. <laughs> That's pretty strong. <laughs> I, I just, I, I like, I, I don't know if you're an amateur, why would you would want to pay it? Like, yeah, no, that, I mean, want to travel that makes sense. It. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. I mean, Christ have mercy. I mean, like, I don't, I mean, I don't know what golf course I'd want to play the most. Like if I could go play. I mean, in California, it'd be pebble, right? Like, I mean, that pebble is better than that. Like it's beautiful. Yeah. It's fucking like, it's much prettier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, and even pebbles kind of gone downhill. I mean, that hasn't been maintained as well, but right. I mean, it's still, it's a superior golf course architecture. Right? Even Beth page black is better. Like that's a like Reese Jones design too, but yeah. there's some cool holes with it. And this one is just boring as hell. It's the same. You are literally going to play the same hole over and over and over and over and get your ass kicked for six hours. So, I mean, if I could fix this golf course, I mean, one of the things that drives me nuts about this is where they put the greens, but they surround it with this deep penal rough and that the canyons are never in play, especially for the pros. I mean, they're not going to miss it so badly. The ball is just going to go on the hazard. It's just going to sit right in the rough or like on number four that plays along the coastline. It's a very pretty hole. I mean, if, if I think every picture of Torrey Pine South has like the drone shot of like three and four going along the coast there and you have the Canyon to the left, but it's, it's just, you have all this, this like a 20 yard patch of rough that just collects any errant drives that the Canyon just doesn't come into play. So like, what's the point of having the hole there? If you know, in the Canyon, if like, if like, if it's never going to be used. So I mean, what I would do is I, I, I shaved down the rough, widen it up a little bit. I mean, you know, that'll give shorter hitters a little bit of opportunity. Like amateurs who come play this can actually, you know, keep the ball and play a little bit. But if you hit an off the line drive, you know, with shorter grass, then it's going to start rolling towards the Canyon or like sh- shave the areas around the green. So if you miss a green, it's going to go in the Canyon. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at yeah. least for turn, at least for tournament play with these pros, because these guys, they're just, I mean, like Bryson showed us that it doesn't really matter if you miss a green, as long as it's deep rough, the ball's not going to go anywhere. It's right. when the ball keeps rolling and rolling, rolling. And you don't know where it's going to stop. So 
I mean, it just, it just, it just, it's not my cup of tea, this golf course, basically. Hey, listen, man, I get it. Makes sense. It it would be interesting. You should, you should like try to write people or whoever the fuck is on the PGA to see if you can help redesign the shit. Cause your ideas always sound good. <laughs> I don't know if maybe they're just not cost effective. <laughs> yeah, I, it probably isn't. I mean, make, you know, mo- constantly mowing and everything, but I just, it, it would be a better product. So now there's the North course. So this tournament is going to be like the American express last week, where the first two rounds are played across the South and the North course. The North course is a lot easier. It's it's a lot more playable for amateurs too. So Tom Weisskopf came in in 2016 and basically did a lot of things that, you know, are good for amateurs. He widened fairways. He cut down trees. He, you know, he removed some bunkers. He enlarged the greens. He made it more playable for, you know, the common folk. And actually the North course is, you know, a little more popular to play um, just because, you know, you don't feel like you're going to get your ass kicked, you know, when you play it. So, um, so, and, and then they actually did a very simple change of, they just flipped the nines. So where the bag nine plays along the ocean. So it's actually a pretty enjoyable round of golf. Right. Um, unfortunately, I, I, I think what they wanted to do is like, even though you make it easier for an amateur, just like where you put some of the pin placements and everything, you can make it a little more difficult and challenging for pros that didn't really happen. This, this golf course, the North course still plays very easier than uh, the South course. I think it's over a stroke easier. Um, was the average score last year. So if you're playing, you know, showdowns this week, definitely load up on the North course All right. because it just, there's going to be more birdies. There's going to be less big, you know, less bogeys. Like the South course is like, it's not like there's like big blow up holes. There's no water or anything. There's no hazards. It's just bogey, bogey, bogey. <laughs> it's where death by a thousand course, paper cuts. Yeah. Basically where the North course is, you can score a little bit. Um, so if you're doing showdowns, definitely target the guys in the North this week. All right. That sounds good. All right. So, um, I mean, who are we looking at player profile wise, right? We already, we already touched on it. Like bombers, scramblers, right? Yeah. I mean, so, so here's, here's the key. If you are a bomb and gouge golfer, you already have a leg up on the field because even though they have done a little bunker work to move out some of the bunkers about 295, 300 yards that require, you know, a carry off the tee. Most of these guys can still hit it over it now with modern technology. So, and even so like with, if you want to have a narrow golf course with deep penal rough, you want to hit as far as you can. Right. And there's no trees. Like there's no dog legs. Like angles don't really matter a whole lot. This golf course, because it's just, it's very simple. So well away hit as far as you can. It doesn't matter what side of the fairway on. If you hit miss left or right, like you, just, you know, as long as you be able to find your ball, you can gouge out of it and at least get to the green. Like, you know, there's, there's bunkers that guard the left and right, but there's no bunkers in front. You can kind of take the approach that Bryson did at Wingfoot, where he kind of just bounced the ball onto the green with a wedge. Yeah. So, I mean, bombing gouge is definitely the strategy. Like if you look at the guys who do well here, like John, like, you know, who've gained over a stroke per round at the South course, like who have played at least 12 rounds there, you know, it's John Rom, Finau, Bubba, Jason day, Hideki Keegan's on this list, you know, Phil, you know, Ryan Palmer can poke it out there. Like these guys have some firepower off the tee and, and the guys who, you know, are not bombers like Brant Snedeker. He has a great history here. And the reason why is, you know, yes, he's short, but he has all world short game. Used and to, he's a used to have all world short game. Well, used to, but right. like when he won this event, you know, he, te- he would tend to win it with really bad weather and, um, and he has an all world short game. So, 
you know, if he's hitting out of the rough, he's going to miss more greens, but he can get up and down for par. And he's very good on putting POA. So POA is going to be interesting this week. Yeah. In that it is a very tricky putting surface of, you know, put on just because there's all different straight. There's like, I think thousands of different strains of POA um, that you can design like, you know, a green with, and they all grow at different rates. So putting can be kind of a luck box on this thing. Like if you just hit like one little wrong patch, if it grows a little faster than like another blade right next to us during the day, it's going to send the ball offline. Right. Yeah. And like, you got to hit, be pretty confident on these things. You kind of just got to, you know, it, there is definitely more of a feel about putting on POA than a lot of these guys. So like, you know, Jason day, Patrick Reed, Branson Edgar, they're all very good putters. They all very good success on POA. So premium putters this week are going to have a big edge, but if you're kind of like a good putter, there's not gonna be much of a difference between you and bad putters because that is just going to be pretty luck. And that's why I think, you know, somebody like Hideki and Keegan who can't putt work at the lake or JJ spawn. Like he's another guy who's been really good teeth and mm. can't putt at all. Ryan Palmer is the same. Like he doesn't really putt very well. Taylor Gooch isn't that great of a putter, but he's a good ball striker. Like it kind of shortens the gap a little bit between if you're a dreadful putter and just like a good putter. Cause you know, it's, you know, it, you're all kind of the same, but if you're a premium putter and like a premium scrambler who isn't that long, you know, you can get around. So I think for pre- player profiles, a, if you're a bomb and gouger automatically top of the list, if you are, you know, a shorter hitter, but you have, you know, you're a premium putter. You have a decent short game head of the list too. And then if you're just kind of like an okay ball striker, you know, you don't have, you know, you struggle scrambling. You're not that, you know, you're just an okay to maybe above average putter. Yeah. You're really behind the ball here. Hmm. Oh, man. I can't believe you said Hideki and Keegan in the same breath. <laughs> I mean, they have proven trackers. I think Keegan was the first round leader last year. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Dead, yeah. dead. Um, so uh, one, other, one other thing before we close. So yeah. the weather is something to keep track of. So that can wreck havoc here. I mean, the wind can kick up. There's usually going to be a fog delay on Thursday. So like, I think the tea times are like 7 a.m. Plan on it being about an hour later, you know, once the fog clears out. Yeah. Um, But if it's cold and blustery, those are usually tournaments where your Brant Snedeker's and Patrick Reed's do a little better because the ball's not flying as far. And it makes that most people are missing greens anyways. So even the bombers are going to miss greens. So then it becomes kind of like an up and down game, a scrambling game, kind of more of a grind. And that's where like a Snedeker and Patrick Reed. Reed. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think why John Rahm is so good here is because, you know, he's a bomb and gouger, but he also has a great short game and great wedge game. So, I mean, though, that's a fantastic combination. So I, the initial weather forecast coming in, uh, temperatures aren't going to break 65. So it's going to be colder. Uh, it's going to get windy conditions Friday and Sunday. It will be biblical though. Like remember in 2016, that really windy farmer's mm-hmm. insurance open. Yeah. So that was one of my, I'm, I'm going to pat myself in the back a little bit. That was one of the best bets I've ever made. All right. So on Sunday, Brant Snedeker had like the round of his life. He shot like a 67 in like 30 mile per hour winds and he was three back. Before play was called for the day and he was sitting in an outright to win tournament at like four and a half to one. And I knew the weather forecast on Monday is going to make 50 mile per hour winds. And he was like, KJ Choi was like three strokes ahead of him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, So I just, I I bet I made a big bet on Brant already in the clubhouse, you know, drinking hot cocoa that everybody's going to come back. And sure enough, like everyone blew up on Monday and I just cashed that ticket. So nice. Yeah. So, I mean, so 
I think it might give a short knocker who has some of those attributes that I described, like a chance to win, but the safest play is just, if you have length, you know, just, you know, go so like, yeah. So like, I know you said that cam champ is dead. Yes. But this can champ golf course, so you can just blast it anywhere. And he's actually not that bad on POA. Um, I did not like Matthew. Why, Wolf. Do, why do you do this? Why do you do this to me? Because it's my job that now it's it's just like the attitude he had with Doug Gim last week, right? He's dead. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. Now everybody's going to think cam champ is dead, but now we're going to go a golf course guy suits him. So yeah, right. uh, I didn't like Matthew Wolf last week. I have very, very, very unhealthily high hopes for him this week. So my, today, my tune is very different on Matthew Wolf. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you on that. And today he's like, I'm, I'm just scrolling through the leaderboard. Now he's even through five. There's some guys blown up and I really should have put fucking, I should have bet. Cantley. He's already 200 through four. Im's blown up back in the goddamn water on fucking five. Like, yep. This is fun. This wow. is fun. All right. So Michael Thompson's four under through five. He's two back. Michael Thompson. <laughs> uh, there we go. Yep. All right. So it might be a Matthew Wolf week. Might be a Cam It might be a Sam Burns week after everybody's off him. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to be a Jason Kokrak week for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know that. Yes. You know, I'll take Kokrak. And yeah, you, mentioned, these, you, know, you mentioned day a couple of times and I'm a day is one of those guys that I have a hard time picking too. Like, and I don't mean hard time picking. Like I don't like him. I'm not going to pick him. It's just that I, I, he's like him to me. He, I just get him wrong constantly. Listen, it's death taxes, Jason day on POA. Like okay. he just, he crushes these West coast events. Cause he's a great putter Yeah. and just for whatever reason, I mean, he's got some length here too. So, I mean, I think and he looked pretty of, good at the end of 2020. Yeah, he did. He had some, he had some good finishes for the PGA. I mean, the PGA, he was good too. I think he was good at the CJ cup before he screwed everybody with that withdrawal. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, he's going to do that to you at some point when you have Jason day. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this is probably being Jason day, maybe a one and done week for Jason day. Okay. Uh, we'll see about that. So lastly, the Xander angle. So okay. Xander should be good here. You know, he's got some length, you know, he's a decent scrambler, but he is, he has missed the cut three of the last four times he's played here. And then I think he finished like T 25th. Okay. When he did that. And he's always popular and he's actually referred to the fact that he's a San Diego kid. And that's always the nerve. Like, Oh, San Diego kid. You should know the golf course. Right. He's never played well here. And he's actually on record as saying it is a distraction to play at home when he's a San Diego. He just feels some sort of pressure. So, but there's no fans there now. Like, I mean, I don't understand. That sounds like a fucking still seeing family. There's still like, you know, community stuff he's got to do. So, I mean, th- listen, don't shoot the message. This is what he said. <laughs> gotcha. So I, you know, you might see people say like, listen, like, you know, let, you know, I know he hasn't done well, but maybe like you said, there's no fans yeah. or, you know, he's a good player. He's a good fit. Maybe he'll come around. I mean, three out of four years, not very good. No. So, and it's not like he's any better or worse than what he came in, you know, coming in last year. So yeah. And maybe this is a good time. Like, it seems like we always get burned. We try to fade Xander. I know it never really works out for us. No, maybe this week, maybe yeah. this week that I end up working out. Listen, I love banging my head against the wall. Sooner or later, I'm going to get through it. You know what I mean? It'll, it'll happen. All right. So before we start giving just our, our early leans here real quick um, and, and wrap up uh, so we can get to go watching golf, I got to make some uh, make some food before uh, we go double screen golf football. Um, got to let you know that better edges of stock exchange for sports bets allows you to buy and sell betting positions like the stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no vig. And since you're buying positions from other sports bettors, there's no house. So you can play for money in 40 states plus 
they're going to start doing weekly basketball contests Wednesdays and Saturdays, $10 to enter. And each user will start with a thousand edge coins to wager on the games. The player with the highest earnings will take the entire pool of entry fees as a battle Royale winner. Take all find the link under the competition tab. sign up today at betteredge.com and use promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B E T T O R edge.com promo code S G P and Steve, have you ever thought about starting your own sports book? I mean, you know, I'd like to, you know, you know GD gens out in Rochester. The, um, <laughs> well, listen, ACE per head is here to help you start your own sports book. If you want to, they'll provide you with all inclusive sports betting site and we'll have all of the lines updated and graded immediately. They also have top notch customer support going 24 seven and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus ACE per head is offering live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today. And ACE is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. All right. Housekeeping done. Thank you. Um, all right. So who do you, so obviously we are, we already know you, you're all over Wolf, right? So you already mm. tell me you have an unhealthy obsession with him. Who else do you have any, I mean, who else are you really liking? I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be the bomb and gougers. It's going to be, um, I mean, Wolf and champ and co-crack. Like, I mean, I think I think another look at the field, but like, th- this is a very, like some, like, you know, the, like when you go to like P die golf courses, it's weird. Like sometimes the results are just, it's just random. And here right. it's very clearly defined what works. So, right. I mean, I think I'm just going to just for at least for outrage, you know, bomb and gougers and mm-hmm. you know, good ball strikers. And you know, if you got a good scrambling game, you know, great. And then again, like if you're a shorter hitter, as long as you're a premium putter, you know, putter and POA helps, but like, you know, like be a little luck box or you're just a really good scrambler. I think you had a good shot. So I, I, it's, 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 there's a very simple formula for me this week. Okay. All right. What do you think about Connors? Is he in the field? Yeah. Mm, right. Yeah. Bomb gouge can't put worth a shit. He's, well, he, he doesn't hit as far as you think we've said, we've had this conversation. I know he only, he only averages about two ninety eight off the tee. That's fine. His iron play is awesome. It is. So, but he can't, he can't bomb a gouge this golf course. Like, I think you think he can. All right. What about Davis? Cam Davis. I mean, that's another it's gonna be, gouger. Yeah. So. But it's gonna be windy, right? Does that really matter? I mean, they're all bad and they're all bad and wind. I think I mean, there's I no think such thing. Davis is let, good let, me, let me break some news. There's no such good. There's no such thing as a guy who is good in win. It just means they're a good iron player. That's fair. Fine. Fuck you, Steve. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, we're going to be back on uh, Tuesday night uh, to uh, break down the DFS tiers, uh, give some first round leaders, our outrights, our matchups. Uh, listen, man, uh, we got a lot in play today. So let's hope, uh, let's hope uh, they all cash, right? Uh, I, I would personally prefer Cebu because I have the most money on that. Um, but I don't know, man, it already looks like can't lays kind of chase them down. They haven't teed off yet though. And then M's completely dead. Uh, <laughs> God damn man. Sabatini's plus one. There's a lot of guys that are plus right now. There's not too many, not too many low scores. Well, it's, it's, it's windy. It's going to be tough scoring conditions today. Yeah. This is going to maybe shit, man. You got some guys are plus four. Yeah, this, this leaderboard is going to really shake up, which is not great for positional props. And oh, but I mean, if you thought your DraftKings lineup was dead, you could get some, bo- you know, a little no, bonus on your positional. No, you know, no, my DraftKings lineups are dead, sir. Dead, dead. There you go. As, de- as dead as Sam Burns. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're dead if you have five out of six guys not make the weekend. So exactly, exactly. So all right, man. Well, listen, come find us over at the Game of Podcast Slack channel. Somebody on Twitter asked me how to get there, and I was like, oh yeah, shit. Uh, so uh, it's just uh, is it SGPN? Well, I don't remember what it's called. I had to send them a link. There, 
so there there's a link at the bottom. Um, if you go to the golf, podcast, any of my golf columns, there's a link there because that's okay. uh, that's how you get a hold of me. Yeah. So let's go go, go to Slack. Uh, you know, like you said, uh, we're constantly giving out live stuff, new stuff, matchups. Uh, yeah, man. So follow me on Twitter, Boston underscore Capper, uh, for Steve and myself. Green screens, baby. Fucking let's go, Siwoo, and uh, let's go, Brady. Beat that douchebag, Rogers.